welcome to another episode of Completely Unqualified and Yet Incredibly Opinionated. I'm your host, Carrie Urban, along with Victoria Asher, the co-host. And we have an exciting show today with Renee Felice Smith, who we both have been friends with for a while and uh, excited to catch up with her. I was looking at our podcast reviews the other day, by the way, Carrie, and um, I already know where you're going with this. (laughs) Notice that Two of the reviews are from you and me. (laughs) And little did I know, I did not know that our names were going to be revealed. I was like, I'm going to like write a nice little review about us. But I, I still would have written a review regardless. Like if I knew that it revealed my name, I at least would have had like some kind of humor to it of like, "Ah, maybe I'm biased because I'm one of the hosts, but this show is awesome. Um, But the fact that it just says from my name. I know. So the way that, I mean, I did one too as well, obviously because we're baby podcasters and we're brand new, we need reviews. So hint, hint, please review us. Um, Hopefully positively. And seriously, if you are reviewing us, let us know what you're liking, you know, like uh, try and keep it positive. Yeah, because we Um, don't know. We're like, what do people like? Well, our reviewers who are us, (laughs) but it's kind of like when uh, you see someone playing guitar like in the street and they have a few dollars in their case. Usually they throw a few dollars in there to like start get the ball rolling. So people know exactly. Hey, so I kind of was thinking like, oh, I know. And Vic and I did not coordinate this at all. So I was like, I'm going to write a review to get the ball rolling. And uh, (laughs) next thing I know, she's written one too and screenshots it and sends it. Both of our names are right there. I was like, God damn it. Well, it's the same thing with anything. Like, I remember just even with the band of like, if we, you know, if it was a nomination of like, what's the best music video? Of course, we all individually voted for ourselves. Of course. Like, come on. Yeah. You got to be your biggest supporter, too, you know? <laughs> no, totally. You got to listen to your song when it's, you know, finished recording. You got to read your book when it's done, you know? Like, yeah. support yourself. So we reviewed ourselves, but I just find it hilarious seeing it like a serious review written. We were exposed. <laughs> from us. I know. We're like, yeah. These girls are great. Signed, Carrie Urban. I'm like, God damn. And I think it's funnier just to bring attention to it than to be like, oh. I know. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, God. But like, I have no shame in it. But again, I just would have had more fun with the review if I knew that it was going to reveal my name and that I was writing it myself. I know. So again, you guys, feel free to review and give us five stars if you like us. Uh, check us out on social media, do all those things and send us your voice memos. If you want to be featured on our show too, by the way, uh, we got a couple of really good ones for today. I'm excited to have Renee on. I actually have a funny story about Renee. Like I don't know her super well. I know her through you, Vic. I I think I met her. I don't even know years ago, like nine, eight or nine years ago, something like that. I think we all hung out or something. We did. We hung out like at your house. And then one time she was having a Halloween party and you and your ex were going to go and I was going with my then boyfriend, now husband. And we were like on the way and you literally texted me like while we're on the way and um, she was hosting this Halloween party and you and your ex were supposed to come. And then I can't remember, I mean, this was years ago. Something came up. You guys were not able to make it, but we were literally like five minutes away already. (laughs) We were dressed up and I was like, do we just like turn around and go home? I've only met her once. This is awkward. Is this weird? And you were like, no, go, go. Cause I feel bad. We can't go. So you guys should go. And so like we went, I'm not even kidding. There were maybe six people there. Cause I think we were the, maybe early or something. I don't know. And, uh, 
And so we go and I was just like, I'm already kind of socially awkward anyway. And Renee's so nice and so like welcoming and friendly. But the whole time I'm, yeah. they're like, so like the other people that were there were kind of chatting with them and they're like, so how do you know Renee? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, funny. Just so socially awkward. I mean, she was so sweet about it, but I was just like, this is so uncomfortable. Cause I thought it was me like this huge party where like, we wouldn't even you be just blend in. Exactly. We would just blend in and we'd be like mingling, whatever, blah, blah. There were literally six other people there. And then I remember she had like a photo booth in the closet and I was like, let's just go do the photo booth and then we're going to like peace out. I have social anxiety anyway. And so I felt so socially awkward. I was like, we got to get out of here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really, so we like got all dressed up. I don't even remember what we dressed up as, but we were like all dressed up and then we were there for like 10 minutes and then left. Because it was all like her really good <laughs> friends and then us. <laughs> totally. But I hate, yeah, but I completely relate to you reacting that way because it is like if you go to someone's like intimate party yeah. and you don't know them that well it's very scary where you're just like oh god I don't want to be that person that's intruding on their thing exactly and they're all looking they at all us going, each other who the hell are you do you like wandering off the street <laughs> like yeah kind of so it was that was uh, awkward and I haven't seen her since so but I mean she was so sweet and lovely she was like no it's fine come anyway and blah blah I was like so awkward yeah <laughs> No, they're the best. Renee and Chris are so sweet. And I actually, I just saw them recently with uh, my boyfriend Trent and I. We went over to their place and had a nice dinner. So uh, I'm excited that she's joining us today. Yeah, I'm sure she'll have some really good advice for yeah. sure. Um, actually, she's here. Should we bring her on? Yeah. Cool. Let's get it started. Renee! Thanks for having us, guys. Us. us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Me and myself. Thanks for having me. It's you and your multiple personalities, right? <laughs> That's right. That would be my big confession on this episode. If only. So you are actually going to be episode 10 of 10. Oh. You're our, our bookend, our finale. End with yeah. the best. I'm, I'm, I'm just very honored and flattered and, and all of the above. And so, yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? So kind of the big news around here is we released uh, a picture book, Hugo and the Impossible Thing. Fun. Mom, you won't be able to see it. <gasps> Hugo. That is beautiful. I know this is a podcast. People can't see things, but it's really gorgeous. Thank you. Illustrated by Sydney Hansen. Chris, my other half, and I, we wrote this together um, to celebrate, really, our own Hugo, our real-life canine son, who overcame his own impossible thing. And, uh, yeah, it was a celebration, really. He had a, um, what many people told us was a terminal illness and would never make it to the other side, but he did. And so we just, we wanted, we saw it to celebrate that by uh, sharing it in this kind of like you know metaphorical way um oh that's amazing yeah i love it all of i love too that all of us are such dog lovers oh, and such animal oh, yeah. lovers dog people are the only people for me so when someone doesn't like a dog i think there's nothing wrong with them i'm like really oh, yeah. you don't have dogs what's wrong it's a big red flag for me I know. So he's your dog though your real life dog is doing better has recovered so here's the thing because books in the publishing world, everything takes forever to be released, right? Uh, this was a three-year process. The writing, yeah, it was start to finish, three years to publication. So Hugo was with us when we wrote the book. He had fully recovered. 
he was an older guy at this point. And so we had him for another two years after his, you know, incredible recovery. And, and then obviously he passed, he passed about a year ago now. And, it, oh. and the book is now here physically, you know, so kind of just, uh, it's incredible that it, it's surreal, really, that it's out in the world. And his legacy, <laughs> like a dog with a legacy is just, that's beyond anything I can yeah. for. So yeah so i love sweet. it what a great way for your dog to live on that's right. so wonderful yeah because we all have our impossible thing it, it it doesn't have to be a terminal illness it, it could yeah. be you know trying out for the school play or or you know uh, or the basketball team or whatever your impossible thing or maybe it is something more serious for an adult buying a house you know whatever you whatever limitations society has placed on you and your impossible thing in your dream, you know, we all have that. So relatable to all ages for sure. Oh yeah. It's kind of for the young and young at heart. Do you guys have another dog now? Did you, have you gotten another one or not yet? (laughs) We actually just, yeah, Victoria, you just met our new little guy, um, Alfie. He's our new addition. He's a, just a scrappy little dude who's uh, rescued from Mexico. So oh, that's awesome. Oh All my God. dogs are rescued from Mexico, too. Hey. Um, well, that's so exciting. That's so exciting about your book. And I need to get myself a copy as well. Can you kind of get it anywhere? Yeah. So you can check out our website, HugoandTheImpossibleThing.com. But we are everywhere books are sold. So obviously, we're in the big the big bigs, the big stores, the Barnes and Nobles, the Targets, the Amazons, but also your local independent bookstore. So amazing. Support um, local independent bookstores right now. Obviously they were hit hard in the pandemic. So yeah. Any support you could give them would be amazing. And Chevalier's books in uh, Larchmont right here in Los Angeles, they are handling the signed copies. So if anyone's interested in a signed copy, they can order through them. So cool. How did, did you guys just, because of your dog, were you inspired to write this or did you, had you thought of writing a children's book in the past? And this was just like the perfect uh, subject matter. You know, it's interesting. We thought about writing uh, a children's book. Yes, for sure. About Hugo. Uh, And we actually had, kind of a sample we worked with one of our friends and then we learned a lot about the publishing world and and how publishers really prefer you to come in without illustrations they prefer you to come in with just kind of your the template for your story and then they'll pair you with an illustrator so we had our original book was completely illustrated and it was about hugo learning yoga (laughs) (laughs) this is years ago um and it was kind of like you know hugo was this rough and tumble dog and you couldn't teach him anything you know that he didn't want to learn and that's what the inspiration for that series was um it didn't work out and then we just had this idea to write about you know a seemingly kind of tragic (laughs) story that ended up um you know kind of with this happy ending through a lot of hard work and determination, obviously, but Hugo and the impossible thing was kind of born out of this, you know, very real struggle that we had with his health. And, um, and then that's the book that that sold and that's the book that hit. So I love that. And and were you writing this during 
the struggle of Hugo or was it like after he overcame it or? We actually wrote it after he had had brain surgery and was running around the backyard again and was like just Hugo 2.0. He was just an upgraded version of himself. It really was like he had another, uh, he had a second life. He was like reborn in a way. Um, And we wrote it then as a celebration of, you know, kind of his journey and, and what he really truly overcame and what we, you know, learned along the way, obviously was that you can't, you can't do it all by yourself, right? It takes a team of people to accomplish anything, anything worth worthwhile really so yeah so that's where it was that was that's kind of the the germination of of the whole idea and where it came from so great and this is obviously different for you right I mean have you ever written anything before because I I, you know I know you as doing acting and that that was your main pursuit right acting you know was my main pursuit for a long time and then um, I've been on NCIS Los Angeles for the past 10 years. And throughout my time there, it's been like a little film school. And so I started making shorts. And then Chris and I wrote a feature together and we made that. And it went to South by Southwest. And then it opened up a lot of opportunities in terms of like, you know, the world of writing. And we saw ourselves differently. Chris is a musician. I'm an actor. But then we came together to really the goal was to create work for ourselves as actors and as a composer so that he could score a feature and I could act in a feature outside of NCIS LA. And then it really birthed this like very real new career path for both of us as this writing team now. So yeah, then we were like, oh, well, I don't know. We've written a feature. We could I think write a children's book, but it is very difficult actually to write a children's book. <laughs> I think I might've told you, but basically we receive voice memos from people that have dilemmas or, you know, need help with things. I've listened to that first episode. Oh, great. Very entertaining. I love the concept. It's so smart. You guys are just brilliant to come up with this. It makes so much sense. Oh, thanks. It's been, it's been fun. We're, it's something to do during this time. We're all home. Yeah. And get a chance to connect with people. Yeah. So should we dive right in and hear our first voice memo? Let's do it. Let's hear it. Okay, here we go. Hi, my name is Larissa. I'm going to try to keep this under a minute. So I'm going to try to talk fast. Sorry for my voice. My question is, how can I unattach myself from somebody who I know isn't good for me? Basically, I've been friends with this person and had romantic feelings involved since my freshman year of college which has been about two years now. Um, These romantic feelings have been brought up to him and we've talked about it. However, he doesn't want to label what we have as a relationship because he doesn't know how he feels about labels, which I don't understand. Um, But basically, I've been trying to unattach myself from him because he doesn't treat me good at all and my friends do not like him. And unfortunately, we work together, so it's really hard to just, you know, get away from him in person. It's hard to block in person. Um, So any advice on how to unattach yourself from a toxic person, please, please, please help. Thank you. Okay. Okay, dear caller, let's get into it. Anyone who, in my own experience, anyone who doesn't want a label, right, Victoria's nodding. Yes. And we both made the same face when we heard that. Yes, so relatable. I've been there before. Believe them the first time, right? Exactly. 
I, I think though that, you know, it's really tough because you want to believe that you can change this person and make this person into, you know, someone who will eventually want to be called your boyfriend or your partner or whatever you want to call them and, and will want to be in this mutual relationship with you. But, um, in my own experience, people tend to use the non-label as uh, an easy exit strategy, not taking responsibility for their actions. Oh, well, we're not in a relationship. We're only in this casual thing. You knew that, you know, and then they turn it around and kind of manipulate you with that whatever agreement or non-agreement you guys made. And it's really shitty. It's really fucking shitty. <laughs> Horrible. I don't say that lightly. You know, people who manipulate in this way are just like you said, a toxic person. And quite frankly, don't deserve your time and don't deserve your the energy that you're putting in. It should be equal. A mutual back and forth. Yeah. Hard part that makes me so sad though is that I know what it's like to be in that position where you really care about this person and just even the little glimpses of affection that they give or the moments that, you know, despite there being no labels, there can be plenty of tender moments that do feel like a real relationship or or maybe the person even says, I love you. You know, Um, there can be all those elements. But like you said, it does become an excuse that the second that things get heavier, the second that you're they're needed. It's like, oh, wait, whoa. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're not that. I've heard this term, you know, like, well, we're not a traditional couple, you know, not a couple. We're, we're just not in a traditional agreement. And that's cool. That's modern. That's fresh. That's whatever. And we can do this in this, in this way, but it's really hard for both people to be on board with that. And to find someone who truly is open to that, that's going to be a challenge, I think. You know, I have a, a friend of mine who was caught in a similar situation. For her, at first, she was told, you know, oh, this is modern. This is fresh. Like, this is who we are as people. Why wouldn't we want to have this, like, new age uh, partnership or coupling, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, we're not like everyone else. You know, we, we're, we're not jealous of each other. We're open. It's all cool. It's fine. But then as soon as that one person catches feelings, right. As the kids say, as soon as the person catches (laughs) feelings, you know, that one person who wants it to be more, who wants the commitment, who wants the safety of the relationship and, and really wants to kind of build, um, with the other person, as soon as that happens, which it sounds like that's where the caller's at or it has been that kind of ideal, modern, fresh, whatever you want to call this non-relationship is over. It can't, it can't work that way, you know? And don't expect this person to change. Cause like you said, listen to what they said at the beginning. Like if someone says, I don't want a relationship or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you got to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you need to also take responsibility though, of like, if you are green to, you know, kind of sign yourself up for something that, you know, doesn't really feel right and just gets progressively worse. And you're allowing this type of behavior to continue. You got to also, you know, listen to yourself and be like, okay, I, I'm playing a part in this as well. And I need to step up my game and listen to what I actually want. But I think the tricky thing that she said that she can't put that boundary up is that they work together. You know, you can put up all the boundaries you want. You can block someone. You can say like, we're not going to have a relationship. It's not healthy for me. But when you have to interact with them, like, 
for me, that's the hard part. Like, how do you see that person in, you know, day to day? Right. It really, it seems so simple and it seems so elementary, but it really does help to make kind of the pros and cons, you know, of what this person is bringing into your life, how this person makes you feel like you had, like you're both saying, right? It's really hard to be honest because we kind of, we want to (laughs) write the, write the narrative and kind of like, kind of like shape the narrative so that we feel better about the situation. But if you can take your ego out of it as much as possible and, and write that list, um, it it could, it could really help shed light on the situation for you. Yeah. And I, and I think also that that helps to give you clarity on what, what do I even want about want or like about this person? Because realistically I'm wanting like something that's completely different. If they don't want that with me, I need to hear that out. And I think that there's like some like self work you can do, like self help kind of soothing and like loving yeah. yourself more and doing things that make you happy outside of this person. If you have to deal with them every day, because I've been in a situation where I've worked with someone that I was romantically involved with mm-hmm. and I had to really build myself and to distance myself emotionally, even if I have to in the same room with that person, you know, yeah. there's, there are ways to navigate that. So maybe it's kind of a confidence thing, like building up your confidence so that you're saying, I'm not going to let you have that power over me anymore. You know, I'm choosing to not want the relationship that you're saying that you want. So, you know, because that's not right for me, just because one person says that they want something, especially I feel like it's usually the guys setting, you know, traditionally kind of setting that boundary of, I don't want a relationship. We can hook up when I want to, but I don't want the work when it's a relationship of convenience for one person it's you know it's never truly equal and it is by definition toxic right and and people can get away with doing it because if you're accepting like that this is that you're going to get scraps from this person Mm -hmm. you keep allowing it to happen Yeah, exactly. And then I also think that maybe he doesn't respect as much if you're allowing him to treat you that way, but maybe if you put up that boundary, you'll get a little bit more. If you treat yourself with respect, you'll get a bit, little bit more of respect from the counterpart as well. 110%. I think any time in my life where I kind of drew a line in the sand and said, no, my goodness, does that make the other person go, wait, what? No. Yeah. And it automatically just boosts kind of the way they see you and taking your power back quite literally, you know, just saying like, Nope, that doesn't work for me. Sorry. We can, we can be friends at work and that's where it's going to end. And if he texts her, you know, late at night, like a booty caller, I mean, I don't know. I'm just putting these things out there because these are things that have happened to me in the past of like putting that boundary. And then the guy will try and be like, well, wait, this worked in the past. You have to be like, no, I said we weren't going to do this shut it down, you know? Hey guys, Carrie here. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to take a quick second to tell you about a new favorite product of mine. It is a facial wand called the Sola Wave. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm obsessed with it. I already use it all the time, but let me tell you why I love it. The Solo Wave is a five-minute facial tool that combines microcurrents, red light therapy, and warming massage. It helps to boost collagen, reduce acne and hyperpigmentation, fade wrinkles and fine lines, 
But my favorite part of the Sola Wave is that it helps to amplify the absorption of the serums and moisturizers that you already use. Most Sola Wave users see results within two weeks. But I'm not kidding when I tell you that I noticed results within one use. And the lovely people at SoloWave have given us a discount code, especially for this podcast, that is CARRIEU10, that's K-E-R-R-I-E-U, and then the number 10. And that is 10% off to try the SoloWave. Trust me when I tell you, you will not be disappointed. On our Instagram, I will also be doing a demo of the product so you can see it in action. Okay, back to the show. Also, the worst situation, too, is if you have someone that's manipulative where they're like, go, don't buy into, you know, uh, the standards that we, you know, it's just how culture, Mm -hmm. you know, that they will try to have their cake and eat it, too. And another important note, just speaking to when I've been in past situations like this and had this type of anxiety is don't say don't set that boundary with the hope of like, oh, maybe it'll like kickstart him coming to me. Cause I, there have been times where I've done that. You need to really be like, I'm going to set this boundary. I'm going to say no. And this might not get a reaction out of him. The whole point is that I need to strengthen myself yeah. and distance this person that is totally bumming and me also, out. also like whoever you want to be with should want to be with you just as much. Yeah. Like I was going to say, he shouldn't treat you like this. He's not a good guy if he's treating you like this. He's not someone you should want to be with. So Having, don't want to be with I him. Know it's very, it's very hard because when you're caught in that and you're in this kind of like adoration stage for this person, it's so hard to see this. But anyone that you want to be with should want to be with you just as much, right? That's the only way it's going to um, be a healthy give and take relationship. It takes work to know that for yourself and to train yourself to demand that from other people, right? You're kind of talking about this, Victoria, the, the chase, someone who's not really available, who's told you they're not available, but you just continue pining after uh, in hopes of uh, conquering or winning or changing this person, which, you know, I think we all know <laughs> is... Um, is a sweet dream, but it's not reality, right? People oftentimes don't yeah. change in that way. Well, I, good luck to you. I hope that you do overcome this yeah. because that's such a painful situation to be in. For sure. Yeah. Same here. Same here. My heart goes out to you. And my hope is that you will see kind of the light within yourself and look for people who recognize that light within yourself as well. I think for young girls, this happens all the time. All the time. All the time. You won't be like this with me. I'll be different, right? You know what? You know what's uh-huh. enforced that too? Romantic comedies. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah. Getting the guy who at first they were friends and she he didn't like her, but then she changed her ways. And then all of a sudden he came crawling and then people are like, oh, wait, that's all I have to do is change myself. And then he'll want me or pretend to set a boundary. And it's like, no, how about actually set the boundary? Be cool with yourself. And you won't even want him anymore. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that. I was always like, she's way cooler with the glasses. Like before. <laughs> I know. Glasses girl than I am like prom girl. Yeah. I like the glasses and the overalls. I was like, wait a minute. 
She looks so cute. cute. And guess what? There are a lot of guys out there who would prefer that too. Or girls, whatever you're into. Just as a side note, that is so fucked up in general. The movies of like, oh, you, you know, remove the glasses, you put tons of makeup on a tight dress on the girl, and then suddenly you're worthwhile and you're awesome. Like that it's twisted. The stuff that you grew up with with that sort of story. And at least there it's, you know, you see different stuff now, at least. And I think it's so much a part of the conversation. I think that's great. It is crazy growing up, seeing that constant image of like, oh, if you just make yourself look prettier, you get a guy, but not if you have just enough strength to be like, I'm not putting up with this. You know, it was more common just to see you changing how you look. It's so true. The message is so, (laughs) so fucked up. Anyway, well, I think we have we have other uh, dilemmas. Are you down to answer sure. one more? Sure. Renee? One? I do. I have one. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. Well, now that we've solved that other college problem, let's get on to the next one. Hi, my name's Rebecca. I just started dating um, and I kind of ended a bad situation a few weeks ago. I was seeing this guy for three weeks. Um, I'd see, we like, saw each other three times. Um, I could kind of tell that it wasn't going well and that it wouldn't, we wouldn't be compatible. So I ghosted him. Um, he ditched me to play video games with his friends. He hadn't invited me over to make plans or anything. So it was kind of fizzling out anyway. Um, a week later, he or someone sent me a dick pic from a different number that I didn't recognize. And didn't say anything and I ignored it. And then a week later, the same thing happened from a different number, but the same dick pic. And he started talking to me and, and he knew who I was obviously. And it turned out to be the guy that I had been seeing and had ghosted. And he ended up blocking me and it was just a really messy situation. And I'm wondering, I guess, did I do something wrong? I'm, I guess I should have ghosted, but I'm just trying to figure out is there a way to avoid something like this? Or was he just a bad egg all along? Wow. That's wild. What's with the dick pics? What really? Why guys? Why? Let me get this straight. He sent a dick pic from another number that she didn't know. And he wanted to kind of catch her talking to a new guy. And that was like part of it. I, I, I think. Oh, I wonder. I, I think that maybe it was just a way to like kind of get any kind of response from her because she ghosted. But I wonder, though, if it was like trying to. No, I I always. So I feel like dick pics are like the, you know, technology version of being flashed in a way. And I remember when I was (laughs) when I was living in New York, um, I was like 20. And the first time I got the first time, not the only the first time I got flashed. And I remember my first reaction was, oh, my God you know, to freak out. So then when it happened again and that's what <laughs> later, think, right. They want the freak out. They, that's the thing is I learned they want the reaction. They want, that's what they actually, it's not even sexual. It's more like a control over you. They want the reaction. So when I saw it happen again, again, on the subway, this is the F train. Funny enough. I was, um, too was on the F train. Oh, it's the F train. Sixth Ave on the F train. I was a 14th and sixth Ave. I was like, Oh God, always here. F train is the ultimate dick train. (laughs) It's if you want to see a dick, get on the F train. Um, So I remember when I saw it, I was like more. Oh, and I looked and I I like shrugged and was like, "Mm," and looked away. And the guy was so like, he looked embarrassed. 
And he put it away and he sat there with his head down because we were on the train. Oh, I love it. And I was like sitting away. Yeah, I shamed him because I didn't give him the reaction of being like, oh, so that he could be like, you know. Anyway, so I feel like the new modern flashing is sending a dick pic. They want a reaction. They want you to be like, oh my God, I can't believe you sent that to me. That's how they get you to like engage with them in a way. So the best response to that, by the way, that I've seen frequently, I'm like, I follow this, you know, texting through dating apps or whatever of like horrifying things that people will say. And one of the best responses was just LOL to it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the guy being like, what, what do you mean? LOL. And then just like, and then just wrote like, that's it. (laughs) You know, like to turn it on them of like, like, dude, really? That's what you're showing off. Anyway, but that's what I mean. Just to like flip the script on it a little bit, instead of being horrified or being like, Oh my God. Cause Really, has any guy ever sent a dick pic to a girl and then that's ended up with them like falling in love and being, you know what I mean? Like becoming like a couple or anything? No, (laughs) absolutely not. Never does that spark a relationship. It's the same as like catcalling. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) It's the same as catcalling. No one's responding to someone being like, hey, back that ass up with, ooh, who's that? You know, never. It's to get a reaction, right? So that's what this is. I feel like he's just testing her. Maybe he does want to see if she, if she responds. Like he's just fucking with her, essentially. He's messing with her because he's like, fuck you for ghosting me. And it could even not be his dick. He could have just Googled dick pic and sent it to her. You know, who knows? Yeah. I'm not even convinced. Was she really, truly ghosting him? Because she said it was fizzling out and that he was right. going to pay video games with his friends and she didn't really hear from him. So I'm not actually sure if she was truly ghosting him or if she was trying to see if he would contact her or show some like big show of like trying to reach out to her because I've done that before. Right. If someone's like not really enthused to like kind of see you or hang out with you and you and take then, a step back. Yeah. You take a step back. And I don't, think that's ghosting. I think that's no. just being like, oh, I'm not going to chase you around. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm not going to continue to be the loser that's reaching out to you and you're not giving me anything in return. Yeah, exactly. Either way, it feels like this guy is not a guy you want to be involved with. <laughs> <laughs> Block all the numbers that he is messaging you from. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I think there's so many layers of psychology stuff that's happening here. Absolutely. This person did not do anything wrong by ghosting or, you know, deciding to disconnect from this person. But I am very much a believer that I think ghosting is like the ultimate awful kind of thing to do to people. Obviously, I'm I, in this situation, it's different. But I do think in general that communicating, even if you're like, yeah, I don't want you in my life. I'm sorry, but I'm going to check out. Right. I think communicating that is so much better because I do think that there's something so anxiety inducing about ghosting. So in general, I'm not a supporter for ghosting right. is my point. If it's um, true ghosting, same here. I'm like, just yeah. tell the person I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. Be friends. It's not going to go that way. Yeah. But she said after three totally. dates. So I don't really feel like it's a full ghost more than a just meh, kind of falling off. That's what I'm feeling. And if he wasn't reaching out to her, 
then that's not ghosting. It just you wasn't I mean? working. Yeah, that's kind of just respecting yourself. So that's, I mean, the, right. the ghosting, how much he was involved or, or not, you know, and, and if she was just setting a boundary because he wasn't, you know, prioritizing her, that all makes sense to me. But I think, though, what's interesting, though, is that it's like clearly at some point, whatever the circumstances were before, she did completely cut him off. And then he, like, it flips him out. Like, how dare this girl cut me off? Like, I was the one in control, you know? Yeah. So then his way of gaining control is sending this dick pic, whether it's his own or not, because then that gets a reaction from her, which is what he's trying to get. And then finally she does react and then he blocks her on everything. So it's his way of being like, okay, now I have the control because I'm the one blocking. I'm the one who ghosted you. And this is what I think is so terrible about the whole thing of ghosting is that it does. It becomes this crazy, just ego. Like, I think if anything, if I were her, I would just like, kind of laugh at this at this guy because well, I would feel relieved she dodged a bullet right totally and how <laughs> pathetic though that this is his way of like gaining his control back having the last say by sending a dick pic like really so, you should you know be what? counting your Send blessings him a vagina pic <laughs> but not your vagina someone else's you know that goes over no I think you dodged a, a huge bullet like Forget about this guy on to the next. Also, I mean, I, I feel for her because she's going, well, what did I do wrong to like deserve the harassment? And isn't that such the female way to be like, oh, I guess I did something wrong that he did this to me. Totally. Always. Always. We're always saying, wait, I, I could improve myself rather than yeah. demanding that other people improve their selves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it, that once again, it's a similar kind of refrain to what we were talking about with the other person. It's like knowing your worth, knowing where your boundaries are and drawing that line in the sand will help obviously come to the conclusion that, you know what? I'm worth a hell of a lot more than unsolicited dick pics unsolicited and, and, dick pics. and someone not willing to be in a relationship with me. 100%. Forget that shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. If anything, if it makes you feel better to unblock his number and text him and just be like, hey, sorry if you felt I ghosted you or that I disappeared. I just wasn't feeling like it was a connection. I wish you the best. Send. Done. I love that. You know? That is just the ultimate hammer drop. Then you just say, done, (laughs) and then send it and then block him again. And then you're done. Love that last (laughs) hammer drop, but but handled like a mature person. Yeah. Then if that's the one thing she feels bad about, that oh I ghosted him, I I feel regret for that. Then fix that part. But then that's it. You've done your duty at that point. You've said, you know, your piece about it, and then you can move on from it. Going, I know I did the right thing. Whatever he does is up to him. It it does not weigh on you know me, and. If he sends you more things or if he's like, you bitch, blah, 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 then he's just showing you who he is as a person. That's just who he is. You know, that has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. 100%. You don't want anything to do with that person. No, run, (laughs) run from him and warn all your friends (laughs) to run from him. Well, thank you, Renee. I think that we, we covered all, both those, wouldn't you say? I think so. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show with us and can't wait to check out your book. I and know. Thank you. I cannot wait to check all, it out. All the future things that you and Chris put out. I'm so excited. Oh, I so appreciate you. Thank you. Mwah. So good to see you. And uh, I'll see you soon, I hope. Let's do another dinner. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Awesome. Right. Thank you. All right, Carrie. Take all care. Right. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks again, guys. Thank you so much, Renee, for joining us on the podcast. And thank you to our listeners. Yeah, thanks, you guys, for the voice memos. Uh, Much appreciated. If you have a dilemma that you need our help on, feel free to email us at incrediblypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can even message us on our Instagram, which is completely underscore unqualified underscore podcast. If you feel so inclined to write us a review so that it is not just me and Victoria and maybe one or two other people reviewing us. Uh, that would be much appreciated as well. We really value your opinion just to help us know where we can fine tune things, what you like, what you want to hear more of. Keep in touch with us. Let us know so that season two can be more custom tailored to what you want. Thank you guys so much for joining us for season one. This is episode 10. This is our final episode of the season. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you in season two. Bye guys. Bye.